And I, I am not wearing pants, just to let you guys know. But uh, me neither. Neither right. am I. I can't move, and I, my, my, uh, <laughs> I'm pretty much wearing the same exact things, Dan, which is frightening. Next on Rugby Wrap Up, Matt McCarthy, Steve Lewis, Dan Power, Brian Ray, and a World Cup winning mystery guest: Re Kangaroos versus All Blacks, Barrett to Japan, Global Rugby signings, and Major League Rugby news. Rugby wrap-up brought to you in part by The Pig and Whistle, the world's best rugby pub. The Murphy Kennedy Group, founded with the idea that construction can be done better. And Lean and Limber, stretching your way to a healthier lifestyle. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to Rugby Wrap-Up. Matt McCarthy in New York City. I'm just behind Times Square. Steve Lewis is on the Upper West Side. He's bougie. Uh, you got Dan Power. I believe he is in the state of mind where he's in Texas, but I think he's in Denver. And we have Mr. Brian Ray not fashioning his arrows hat because he's mad at the organization uh, calling in from Nova Scotia. Gentlemen, welcome Let's get right to it because we don't have a lot of time. We have a mystery guest waiting, and it's a big shot mystery guest. Give me your opinions on some things that are happening around the world. Dan, I know that we talked off camera a little bit about the Kangaroos and the All Blacks. Yeah, isn't that an interesting one? We've seen a few hybrid games in the past. I think uh, Bath and Wigan played back in the 90s, a half of each game. They're actually talking about a hybrid game, so... Two of the biggest brands from each code. The All Blacks, obviously, in rugby are huge. Globally, the Kangaroo is not as big, but for most people who aren't aware of the rugby league world, probably just as dominant as the All Blacks. So, desperate times. Uh, they're looking for some cash. It was actually interesting to hear some of the power brokers down in Australia for the rugby league circles, Matt. I talked to George Gregan, and they were saying how unfair the All Blacks were to deal with in terms of money split. And he goes, welcome Welcome to playing the All Blacks. So if it gets over the line, I'm sure everyone will watch it. What it means for the future of both sports, who knows? So it'll be uh, interesting to see what happens next with that. Stephen, is this the beginning of a, of a new variation, a new code of rugby? Um, it's a horrendous concept. Something created, you know, thought up by a Nazi geneticist or something. So I'm not a fan. I hope it doesn't happen. Uh, it's just mere it's theatrics. I don't approve. Well, don't sugarcoat it, Steve. That's, that was beautiful. Brian, your quick take on this. Uh, who cares? Why don't we have a Wolfpack versus Arrows match? That would be much more exciting. Come on, man. Kangaroos. Oh, but give me a break. Arrows, Wolfpack. Let's, let's make it happen. Loser leaves town. All right. So you want what, the <laughs> NHL and the MLB to play in your, as well as commandeering all the rugby? You want everything up in Toronto? Well, it's the center of the universe. I don't see why not. Fair enough, fair enough. Another topic in the news. Dan Carter scaring the pants off of Bowden Barrett, who actually left the Blues to go play for the Suntory Goliath in place of Matt Gitto. Dan, he's Australian. The rumor is $3 million uh, for, I think, two years, two sabbaticals to play for Suntory. Um, yeah, it's... Uh, you know, the, the window for these guys to make money is pretty small. I've never had a problem with a player, you know, going after money while their career is, is and you know, while they're still relevant in their career. But we'll see. As Dan alluded to, right, there's a limited window to um, maximize your income potential, your earnings potential. Japan is the only place on the globe where rugby players are still being paid pre-COVID 
values. Okay, and that's because the budgets are mostly corporate budgets set by companies and they were set last year. So Japan has not, the rugby budgets in Japan have not yet been affected the way every other part of the world is facing 20 to 25% cuts. So if you're going to go to Japan, this is the time to do it. They may have their issues in a couple of years' time. So do you, is this money guaranteed when a guy like this agrees to, to, to put his John Hancock on the contract? Because we don't know that rugby is going to be played. Or if it's played, if it's not, it might be interrupted again. I mean, I, I think the contract will have pretty strong clauses on both sides for protection, right? I think he'll want money up front. But I think Centauri will also have a pandemic protection clause, a PPC as we're calling it now in the industry. Um, Very good. To protect their investment as well. I mean, no one wants to pay something for nothing, but Bowden Barrett doesn't want to commit to that if he's not going to have some assurances that he's going to get paid as well. So, like, it'll be interesting to see like, the contract and how the, the, the language and terminology is in there for that. Yeah, I mean, traditionally, it's the, you know, force majeure, right? Act of God, blah, blah, blah. But you're, you're exactly right. Um, Post-pandemic clause is now a thing. We've got Brian Rigg bringing us up to speed on some MLR news. Any tidbits that caught your eye, Brian? Well, new coaches in Austin. I don't know where I, I got that idea, but <laughs> yeah, uh, completely new staff. There they are, Sam and uh, and Mark Gerard. Interesting, both uh, young coaches, and uh, they played a lot together uh, down in in. Uh, in Australia, some super rugby. Uh, they also coming up, I believe they came up through Waringa, the rats down in the, the shoot shield. A uh, whole bunch of signings in MLR. Austin re-signed Mason Peterson, Roderick Waters, and of course, Zinzin Brook. Uh, we got Vian Conradi, the Namibian flanker, going to Dallas. Dallas also picking up uh, Chad London uh, from Colorado. A whole heap of Colorado guys uh, seems to be going uh, to Dallas. And the rumors, of course, that Matt Gitto uh, linked uh, to, uh, I believe it's L.A., but uh, he's kind of since said, well, maybe that's not the case, which is kind of the same thing that happened with Dan Carter's rumor. So uh, who knows there? But uh, it's starting to heat up. And, of course, with the deadlines uh, for signings coming up, uh, we should hear some more uh, interesting names pretty soon. Yeah, I saw that the whole thing about Gitto going over, and he said, no, that's not true. He came out. But then at the end of him in the same conversation, he said, but – I haven't ruled it out. Yeah. Yeah, right. So, <laughs> so who knows? I mean, we kind of heard the same with Drew Mitchell earlier in the year, right? Uh, the rumors came out, Drew's going to New York, and then it was uh, Drew said, no, I, I don't think I'm going to play anymore. And then, well, now he's got his visa, now he's headed to New York. So, um, you know, we'll, we'll see. I'm, I'm sure we'll get a few more creative names, though, uh, even if it, if it does look like we're losing uh, the beast and, and, and Nani seems to be heading to France. Steve, any intel on drew mitchell coming to new york no don't know a thing um not commenting on individuals but just to clarify one of brian's comments yeah july 13th is a deadline date for the mlr but it's actually for re-signing current or existing players or releasing them um so new players that haven't been here previously they don't have to be signed by july um so yes there's gonna be a lot of news coming up in the next couple of weeks but it's mostly around existing or current players and then you will still see a trickle of people coming in thereafter when uh, European contracts expire and what have you. Dan, any, any rumors that you have heard that we can talk about? Just excited for slamming Sam Harris to make his way over here with Mark Gerard. I don't think you give him enough credit. Mark Gerard's played over 20 times for the Wallabies. Big slamming Sam, super rugby, played in the NRL as well. So young, 40 and 38 respectively. So it'll be interesting to see 
how Austin look next year with two young, relatively inexperienced coaches. They're probably going to want a Steve Lewis-esque person in the background just to help them out. So, but excited, excited for the Gilgronies, Matt, always. You know, actually, I'm going to say now publicly, this will be my last week supporting the Gilgronies until they send me some kit. And I'm going to be back on the free, July 13th, you heard it here first. I am going to be a free agent booster, number one fan. If the Gilgronies don't pony up, I want a cowboy hat, a blazer, and uh, some boots. There you go. I could send you some swag. Would you like some I'm swag? in. I'm in. All right. So, guys, uh, we got to take a quick break because we do have a big deal. Mystery guest. Easily our biggest deal of mystery guests so far. Not that the other ones were uh, not big deals, but this one is a big deal. And But watch this. We'll be right back. If you're in New York City and want to watch some great rugby, have some great food, and some great times, go to the world's best rugby pub, The Pig and Whistle, on West 36th Street. back matt mccarthy in midtown manhattan by times square steve lewis on the upper west side in his personal library dan power in gilgrony land but maybe not for long if he doesn't get some merch and mr brian ray calling it from nova scotia the man that knows everything gentlemen we have our mystery guest calling in right now let's get to him let me get to the rules first each panel member asks a question our mystery guest answers it and we move on. Stephen Lewis, fire away with your first question for our mystery guest. Are you American or non-American? I'm non-American. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, Dan, Dan Power. I'm impressed how seriously he's taking this writing notes down. Uh, are you actively still playing? No, I'm not, not mate. <laughs> oh, this is great. I got uh, it. Brian yeah, you know Ray. who it is. Bri Brian Ray, go ahead. Have you uh, braved the uh, snows uh, above the, uh, the border, otherwise known as Canada? No. You have not been to Canada. For the record, he has not been to Canada. Brian, since you went last in round one, you can follow up with the first question of round two. Have you played uh, professionally on another continent? Yes, correct. Couple of continents, to be honest. So I'm, I'm guessing South African. So apologies for that. Uh, what franchise did you play for in South Africa? The question is, Matt, uh, Dan, what what franchise I didn't play for? Oh, ah, uh, he's like Jesus. He answers a question with a question. Uh, Stephen, your giggling, snide, snotty face tells me that you think you know who it is, but okay. you're not allowed to guess who it is. You can ask another question. Back or forward? Forward. He is a man that Dan Power would find attractive. I will say that. It's a big uh, pool. Round three, Dan. Have you, have, have you been to the USA before? Yes, correct. He has, he has indeed been to the USA before, and I've met him to verify that. I know he was here. Are you currently attached to a major league rugby team? Incorrect. Round four. Steve, you're up. Do you like whiskey? I love whiskey. <laughs> A little Texas. That's got a little, little Texas in there right now. Round four, uh, number two would be Brian Ray. Brian, go ahead. 
Well, I'm out of ideas, so uh, what's your favorite color? Well, Brian, I played against Canada way back. So what's your favorite color? Red? Blue. Blue. Uh, is there a shade of blue that you have a preference to? Baby blue. Baby blue. After you met Matt McCarthy, did you need to shower? And two, did you play in the World Cup in Japan? Uh, shower, yes, of course. And yes, I did play in the World Cup. Final round, and then the guesses will have to be made. Uh, by the way, at this point, does anybody think they know who it is? Just raise your hand. Kind of. <laughs> Dan thinks he knows. Steve, I thought out of the gate knew. He looks a little confused. Everybody likes whiskey, by the way, Steve. Everybody. Aside from South Africa, what other con uh, continent did you play professionally? Uh, UK. Since we are out of rounds right now, we're going to go around our panel and see if they have a guest to see who our mystery guest is. And we're going to start with the clueless one first, Mr. Brian Ray from Nova Scotia, representing all of Canada. No weight, no pressure here, Brian. I don't have a white flag, so I'm going to wave this white receipt around it. <laughs> I don't have a guest. Let's go to Stephen. Stephen Lewis. What do you call a deer with no eyes? No idea. No idea. No idea. Dan Power. Dan, I have faith in you. You shouldn't. I, initially, I think I was with uh, Steve Lewis in my thought on who it was, but then there's a couple that have thrown out. I'm going to have a guess. I'll say Francois Lowe. Francois Lowe is a great guess, and it is incorrect. Yep. Good-looking dude, though. Brian? Okay, one, one question, Dan. Or Brian should know this. I played against Canada out of position and I was a captain during the World Cup. Skull Brits. <laughs> yes, that ding, ding, ding. Let's bring him in, ladies and gentlemen. I'm going to ask you to start your video, Mystery. No longer Mystery. Oh, sorry. Fritz is with us. Let's Put see if we can get him in. Should be on a screen there. We there he is. There he is. There he Oi. is. Hello, gentlemen. <laughs> Hello, guys. What a legend. Hey, uh, Andy Quatron wants to know if you want to swap his. He's got an eighth grade cross-country medal. You swap jerseys, you want to swap medals now. I would love to. I would love to. It would be my honor. Uh, what a legend. Why did you agree to this? That's my next question. Well, I just like Matt. I don't know why, but I'd love the bloke. I, but you didn't hurt my feelings by saying that you did indeed have to take a shower after we met. I mean, I, I, I understand. <laughs> I understand. Uh, it was all the hugs and kisses, you know. I'm quite yeah. a affectionate person. And Matt, you know, I, I'm, quite, I'm quite attracted. He's a good-looking guy. Yeah, well, right back at you, brother. I'm sh I was shocked Power didn't pick that off. Well, Francois Lowe's a good-looking guy, too, Skulk. You know that. He's a, he's he is. A good rooster. And I met him in he's... San Diego, so I wasn't sure if the U.S. connection there was going on. But So I actually played in New York. Uh, we, as Saracens, we had a couple of games in New York against London Irish. Ah, that's right. Um, so that was amazing. I mean, that was just an unbelievable experience. I love the U.S. Skull, can, you might be able to answer this question. It's a trivia question. Who was the only American in-stadium uh, PA announcer for a premiership home game? It happened to be in New Jersey. Ooh. I... I I'll give you a hint. You're yes. looking. He's on this panel. <laughs> okay, so he's either Dan He's the only Brian American in here. There's your other hint. <laughs> oh. 
Pat, congratulations. I wanted to scream so. out, Chris Wiles, every time you guys touch the ball, but they were watching <laughs> me like a hog. We, we had Hayden Smith and Chris Wiles on our team, and it was just unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah, that was a good time. It was a good time. And uh, Wiles, who I have to call my lord, made me swear that I would not scream his name. But he did score the first try. Yeah, he did. You know, he did. which is cool. And with, with Brian and Matt, you on the, on the panel, yeah, I've played against the USA and against Canada my, my professional career. So it's – and both of them during the World Cup. So it was unbelievable. Well, I played golf last week with Dwayne Vermeulen. Skulk Berger and Jean de Villiers, and it was quite weird seeing the, the uncertainty going forward with, with rugby. I mean, COVID has, has changed quite a lot of things. A lot of players had to take salary cuts, and the big thing is they want certainty. Players want to play rugby, and they just don't know when it will open up again. Do you have any view on when it might open up again in South Africa? New Zealand's already playing, but they said it's four weeks of contact, four to five weeks before they'll open it up again. And they'll, they'll start probably on Monday. How much of the itch do you have right now? Is, it, is, it, is the itch there or, you know, MLR, you come over here with the beast? Yeah, I mean, actually, BC is back here. It's, for me, it's, it's quite, you've got an unbelievable uh, athlete in the US. I saw guys there that is unbelievable uh, for me it's, it's just a it's like a ticking time bomb i mean i've seen in your seven side that if you put the right structures in place you can have an unbelievable team it's, it's just a question of getting that intellectual capital over there and using it because you have the athlete athletes so yeah it, it, it's going to be a scary prospect in the future if you can develop rugby in in the u.s but a, a guy like you coming over here coming off the experiences that you've had and, and you you're, you've played all over the place. You've had a great career and in the front row at hooker, which is arguably one of the most insane positions in sports. And yet you're in one piece. You look great. Uh, the, the, why not come over here and maybe like a player coach role and teach guys how to hook, throw in all the nuances that we may or may not have yet in this country, because those are valuable assets. Yeah, Matt, I'd buy, but probably my own mistake, I, I studied accountancy and I never thought I'd be a professional rugby player. And then I played rugby professionally for one year and one year turned into almost 15 years. And now I'm back into private equity or corporate finance. So totally something totally different uh, to what I've done previously. But it's, I never thought I'll have a professional career of that, that uh, of 15 years. So uh I will bring my family across to the to the US to travel. I've never done the West Coast. I really want to do the West Coast, but as as a rugby player, East Coast is much cooler, bro. East Coast, just really? right here to Manhattan. We'll take care of you, Steve and I. We know yeah. it. We know the whole. The whole not thing. even a contest. It's not not a contest. Con yeah, fellas, I just want you. I want to open it up to the to the to the panel now. Don't be shy, Steve. You got a question, Dan, Brian? Just fire away. You don't have to be called on. Let's keep this somewhat informal, Stephen. You're on the screen right now. You got a question? How yeah, much sure. it will cost to have him come over to play for Rooney? We can't afford him. We can't afford him. <laughs> My question would be somewhat longer term, right? As World Rugby resets everything in terms of planning. How realistic or likely is it, do you think, that South African provincial teams might end up Pro 14 or playing Europe? So playing same time frame and playing north-south rather than playing New Zealand-Australia? 
I've, I've always said the, the, for, for South Africans, it makes sense to go north. Never east or west. It's yep. just from a, from a traveling perspective, the jet lag is horrendous and it just doesn't make sense. Uh, we've got the cheetahs now and the spears going uh, north. Uh, and for us, it's a lot of times when I, I travel with my family, it's just easy to get down to South Africa from the UK. I lived in the UK for 10 years. And commercially, it just makes sense. I mean, to have a, like a, a season where you've got the South African boys against the Northern Hemisphere, from a commercial perspective, it just works. Um, so hopefully, one day that will work. And now with COVID, you can reset everything. I mean, I always said you have to have one global season. It doesn't help you play half of the year in the Southern Hemisphere or half of the year in the Northern Hemisphere. You have to have a combined effort where everyone plays at the same time. I don't want to know about the World Cup experience. I don't want to know about the final. I want to know about the 48 hours from the full-time whistle after that. So what was uh, those celebrations like in Japan? Who was best on ground for the post-game, uh, for, the, for the Mad Monday, for the bender after you guys won? And who was worst on ground? Who, who bailed out early after winning a World Cup and went home? No names. You can just say what they rhyme with, if you want. So after the World Cup, uh, we sat at the stadium for quite a bit. Had a lot of champagne, uh, got greeted by royalty, and then afterwards we went back to the hotel. And after that, it was just a blur. So we were supposed to go to the, or we did go to the Sunday night Rugby World Awards. There was still, I think half of the team was still uh, on it. And then we had to fly back to South Africa in five different flights. Oh. So they couldn't fly in the same flight. It took us about three, what, two days to get back to South Africa absolute chaos then and it was i mean was the pilot drinking is that why it took so long to get back <laughs> <laughs> well we wanted to, to to be the pilots uh luckily uh some guys flew direct some guys flew via Qatar. some guys fly via dubai it was just the absolute uh, ball ache to get everyone back in south africa but then we went on a on a seven day tour on an open bus in South Africa. So now you can imagine for ten days, uh, your liver is in a shocking state. Oh God! So, it, was there a destination, or was the bus just driving around aimlessly? No. So we went through almost all the cities in South Africa, right? Showcasing um, the 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 trophy. But I don't know how much you know about South Africa, but it, it's Matt, it was, we've, we've had some pretty bad times and there's a lot of bad news coming out of South Africa. And to see what the power of sport rugby can have in a country that is struggling with a lot of different issues from crime to poverty to unemployment, it's amazing to see the power that sport can have. And Nelson Mandela said it can uh, cross boundaries a lot better than any politician can ever do. And that I, I saw it with my eyes. You know, it's amazing how history can repeat itself in a positive fashion and through rugby and through the spring boxes. And this time, allegedly without any tinkering with the tea or getting food poisoning onto the All Blacks this time. It wasn't. It was, <laughs> yes, hey. there was no food poisoning this time. So you kind of got to sign off your career with the honor of playing with the Barbarians. Yeah. Um, and uh, so where would that rank? Uh, in your kind of career highlights, and do you have any embarrassing stories about Tyler Ardron? <laughs> I must say, 
Brian, the Barbarians is a very special organization. Um, you know, they, rugby, for me, it's, it's, you have to have the professional element and you have to have the amateur element. That's the beautiful thing about rugby. You've got big guys, small guys, short guys, quick guys, sl slow guys. And in rugby itself, after the game, you've got the same guys that like a cigar, a guy like a beer, and some guys like a protein shake. And the Barbarians almost take it back to the old school days when, when you actually socialize with the opposition afterwards. You have a, a beer or 10 after it. And that's a beautiful thing about the Barbarians is you get together, guys, you play against year in and year out, and you actually play against them and you think they're a total muppet or they're an idiot on the pitch. But then you get to meet the guy and he's actually an unbelievable guy. He's just very competitive. And most guys that plays professionally, they want to win. Everybody wants to win. And then you meet the guy, and it's, it's just an unbelievable experience. So for me, it's, it's um, I've played for the Barbarians a couple of times, and for me, it's one of the best memories I've ever had. And you don't really train during the week. It's, it's actually just a piss-up, and then you pick up on Saturday. I got to ask you a couple of questions, rapid fire for you. Toughest player that you had to play against as a hooker? Um... The guy that's punched me the most, most in the scrum, even that he played in South Africa, was Bucky's Buerta. Um, the dirtiest hooker I played against, Dylan Hartley. Um, and the guy I had the most respect for playing against was uh, almost between Kevin Mulamo and John Smith. Great picks. Who was your uh, favorite teammate professionally? Professionally, the funniest guy I've ever played with is Jean de Villiers. Really? How about with Saracens? Saracens, Richard Barrington. Um, I don't know. Lose their prop. Normally, the front row or the, the, the fatties is always the funniest guys around. We were in the piss, piss up in Ibiza as a team. Ooh. And we had a drinking game. He lost the drinking game and he had to go get a taxi. So, I mean, most of the boys, uh, normally props are great fun. Did you guys pick the tattoo or did he? No, we actually picked the tattoo. <laughs> <laughs> well, that begs the question as a journalist, what was that tattoo? It was actually, luckily enough, we put, put it on his ass and it was uh, Obam behind. What you call it. And then there was uh, actually a Saracen tattoo. Guys, any last questions for Mr. Brits before we let him go? Stephen? Great to see you. Uh, good luck with everything going forward in your non-rugby ventures. Thank you, Stephen. I really appreciate it. And thank you, Matt, for your time. And guys, have a great evening. Um, yeah. Thanks, Matt. Bye, Dan. Bye, hey, Jim. Thanks, buddy. Not a bad guest, gentlemen. Uh, Mr. Brits, engaging, funny. Uh, accent. Dan, what would you rate the accent? I, 10 out of 10 for the guests. That's probably one of the biggest pulls you've ever done, Matt McCarthy. That guy is uh, an absolute legend. I think I, I've never met a person who's had something bad to say about Skulk Bricks. Uh, probably the ultimate teammate as well. Just a great guy to be around, great player, and just a locker room presence that you just always want in your life. So well done, rugby wrap-up, Matt McCarthy. That's a good one. I would concur with those sentiments from my Antipodean friend. In fact, I would go 11 out of 10. You excelled yourself. Great job on the guest. Thank you again. I, I am really, really cool. Thank you. And Brian. The background, wanna... the background could use some work. Brian, uh, you want to? 
uh, laud me at all, or you just want to give something else? Uh, very impressed. I was completely stopped until that gimme clue right at the end. So <laughs> nice, nice work. And on yeah. that note, I'd like to thank my esteemed guests, Mr. Stephen Lewis, Mr. Dan Power, Mr. Brian Rain, of course, our very special mystery guest, Mr. Scott Britz. I'm Matt McCarthy calling from just behind Times Square urinals in New York City for Rugby Wrap-Up. This is Manning. <laughs> <laughs>